I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Hardcore Listing, the podcast. Hello and welcome to Hardcore Listing Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin, sitting opposite me as ever. <laughs> uh, the early bird, uh, the early bird, Christopher uh, William Glasson. How are you? Yeah, all right, thanks, mate. Yeah, I'm an early bird. I had to get up. I had to get up at 6am this morning to get back to Essex to record with you. I was in Margate yesterday and I was going to head back last night. And uh, but I decided we had a delivery of um, a flat pack furniture. So I thought Friday night, rock and roll, I'll, I'll, I'll start doing this flat pack. I know um, what's a good idea with uh, a shattered collarbone, flat yeah, pack furniture. Collarbone in three pieces. <laughs> Do some flat pack furniture. Um, do you know how much I got done? Go on. I opened two boxes. <laughs> That's all I got done. And I was sat there and Molly was like... Um, I think you shouldn't just do this now because I, I like it just took me so long to get the boxes open. I, I was just like, This is sorry, was Molly just sitting there watching you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was my he's, evening. He's really, he's really struggling with his shattered collarbone there. I might, yeah. I might, I might just watch him for a bit longer, then tell him maybe stop. Look, honestly, these boxes, like Molly did start to try and help Lesser, but it was quite late when I started. And she was like, these boxes are so tightly glued together. <laughs> so, yeah, so she couldn't get them undone. So it was just me. I, I can't was like think this. of a more pathetic <laughs> scenario <laughs> than you two literally struggling to open a box. Opening a box. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't <laughs> fight your... I can't fight my way into a cardboard box. Let, let... fucking tragic. How was your Friday, mate? Was it okay? Did you have a nice evening? I was I was at the Pink Toothbrush, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, it was all right. It was all right. Uh, 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 I'd say a, a standard night, you yeah. know, pretty, pretty busy, no trouble, which is good. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was all right, mate. Um, well, look, before we introduce today's guest, uh, let's get a word from our sponsors. Okay, first up, we have a brand new message from our sponsor, love-beer.co.uk. Charles says, we're delivering to home and office bars in and around London, including Essex, Kent, Hertfordshire and more. We're a one-stop shop for everything you need to pour a beer at home, from installation of the equipment through to delivering kegs straight to the bar. 
This year, with rugby and World Cups, we're also developing our hire equipment with a quick and easy-to-use solution to have kegs at home. For about 3 20 a pint, we can install a keg with all the equipment you need to pour beer for up to two weeks. Yes, yes, all the equipment we provide can dispense up to two kegs at the same time. So if you wanted a lager and one of my amazing craft beers we featured previously on the podcast, then the per pint cost will be even lower and the equipment we use will keep it pouring properly for the full two weeks without you having to do a thing. The only thing you have to do is go to love-beer.co.uk. Bangboomcreative.com. That's where you need to go for the very best in film, photography and production work. Absolutely. Handsome Luke and his team over at Bang Boom have been proud sponsors of ours for bloody ages. Yeah, and we can tell you two things about them. Number one, their stuff is excellent. They work for massive global brands, charities and companies of all shapes and sizes. The content they create does really, really deliver. We've done shoots with Luke. Uh, Loads of the people, our partners over at the network and our mates have done shoots with Luke. Always banging and they're always getting results. Yes, yes. And number two, they're just bloody nice to work with. The team at Bang Boom always give it their all. The business ethics are sound and they're a bunch of warm, proper, decent people. So if you need some great visuals from a truly excellent company, check out bangboomcreative.com. Sponsors of Hardcore Listing. The world can seem like a strange and sometimes dangerous place. With Summer Academy helping you with your martial arts training, you can always feel safe. Dangerous loners are everywhere. They come across as harmless board game geeks or indie music fanatics, but the reality is far more sinister. Yes, yes. Wrenchy Simon James has been training karate for over 32 years and teaching for 28. He knows through first-hand experience that martial arts can give you the stress release you've been looking for. It can teach you life lessons along with fitness and, more importantly, peace. At Sama, he teaches karate, kickboxing, tai chi and MMA to all ages, from children as young as four to the very elderly. Even Stu. What? Aside from that, he also teaches ladies self-defence, self-defence courses, team building courses, corporate training days, apprenticeships to become a martial arts instructor for Sama. Yeah, he even teaches a parent and baby self-defence course. That's defence while carrying your child, not defence against maniacal murder babies, because we all know there's no defence against them. So go hit Simon up at sama-academy.co.uk. There we go. There we go. Joining us today, Jay Page. Hello. Hello. How you doing? Good. You all right? Very good. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. Thank you. Good, good, good. Well, we should stress that we've never met you before, Jay. No. Um, I, I kind of grew up with your dad, and uh, and and that's that's how the kind of introduction come about. And uh, and yeah, you've got a fascinating top five to discuss yeah uh and so well i guess well let's just let's just steam straight into it jay what is your top five going to be today so my top five is going to be talking about uh the top five things of being neurodivergent because i'm on the autistic spectrum um so it's it's something that i really enjoy talking about because it's something that has been my entire life because my life wouldn't be the one I have now if I wasn't autistic. Yeah. So it says neurodivergent. Yeah, neurodivergent. So it just means that someone who thinks differently from someone um, who isn't autistic or yeah. um, ADHD. 
Okay, okay, wonderful. That's it. That's the, I think this is going to be a fascinating top five, Jay, and, and I'm sure there's going to be, and you have to forgive any stupid, ignorant comments that uh, myself and my co-pilot uh, <laughs> make when we when we when we inquire about in, inquire about that because it's it's really not a subject that I know uh, a huge deal amount, and I'm sure there's vast swathes of misconceptions and you know for you eye-rolling moments when you hear people say stuff and you're like no that's not how it is um so i'm really looking forward to this top five and can i ask jay like did, was it something that you how, how long ago when did you know how long ago was it since you were like sort of like diagnosed knew you was neurodivergent so it was to be honest it was actually quite funny how i personally found out because my parents had like an idea when i was about eight years old because um I couldn't make any friends and I would just like stand in the corner of a room spinning in circles so they thought well, something's <laughs> something's not quite going on as normal um and I only realized when I was like 12 because uh there was this tv show called like embarrassing bodies and yeah. they were doing things about autism right. and, I was, and they were like oh you can take this rads test online to see if you're autistic and I was like oh this seems fun and I did it and it was like mega autism it was like, two, <laughs> oh, it was, like autism with extra layers and I took to my mum and I was like what, what is, hello <laughs> please and she was like oh yeah so um, please like, tell was me it, there was a scowl and it did actually say in big letters mega autistic <laughs> oh, well, yeah. well it's like when I got my covid booster it was like I got the upgrade so it's AOS point two um and so my parents never kept it a secret from me um and whenever they tried to take me to the doctors they they, they tried to swing this story with me, like the doctor itself being, oh, well, are you sure you want a diagnosis? Because you're already getting bullied at school and, you know, you don't want to be kept like um, made like um, labelled and, and yeah. whatever. And if anything, if I could go back, I absolutely would have gotten the diagnosis sooner because my yeah. life has been quite difficult without that diagnosis. Yeah. But um, I got diagnosed in November last year. So it was yeah. really recent that I got an official right. diagnosis, but I've, I've known my whole life, well, yeah. you know. How old are you now, Joe? I'm 24. Right. Okay. That's that's a long time to, you know, f get a diagnosis and and understand like you know why why you may have felt different from other people mm. and and all of that, them years of doing that is going through, I guess what can be some of the most difficult, if Absolutely. not the most difficult yeah. point yeah. of your life, which is years. navigating your way through fucking school which can be a yeah. horror it's, br it's brutal isn't it it's brutal it's brutal mm. for everyone i think school in one way in, in many ways shape or form but for for certain people it, it, it can, can be even worse and not knowing possibly jay what was what the crack was and, and, and why i think you know certain things were happening or you would perceive things in maybe ways others didn't or whatever that must have been really challenging yeah it was it's it sounds a lot sadder than like what it what it actually is but like I just spent a lot of my childhood feeling very confused mm. because I would do everything that I thought was like socially acceptable or I thought it was the right way to make friends and then I'd be told yeah. that I was either I was too much or I was being uh too rude or I was being distracted and then when you grow up you kind of feel like you're broken because mm. everyone around you can cope and I used to wonder why I could never keep a job properly mm. I used to wonder why I was failing all of my like uni exams my GCSEs why like um it used to be talking to new people I used to have a meltdown beforehand because I, I wouldn't know what to expect mm. and even though I've known I was autistic until I got that diagnosis I didn't fully believe that um it was hardwiring problem it wasn't that I wasn't trying hard enough it was my brain just works completely different so I need to make reasonable adjustments in my life to make my life a lot easier yeah
because once so, you know, once you know it, you can own it, can't you? And you also can sort yeah. of, like, I guess, uh, identify what situations you might be walking into that might cause you more difficulties. And then you've got, I don't know, ways to uh, antidotes for that or ways to cope in in, in different ways. Like, yeah, hundred percent. Because I mean, I'll, I'll go into it uh, more with the top five, but like, there's there's a thing like with um, autistic people, it's like a lot to do with sensory problems, hmm. um, and you know, you can make adjustments in your life to cope with that. So like, I know that if I'm feeling overwhelmed, I need to do things like put on my glasses with tinted lenses because that helps like take away the harshness of the light. And yeah. I can put my headphones in or I can even just say to people, hey, I need to like go lay under my bed for about five minutes so I can just decompress from the world. Um, but until you have that diagnosis, you feel like you're um, you're faking it. You feel like you're making um, a big deal out of something which shouldn't be yeah. a big deal. You yeah. get the diagnosis and you're like, well, actually, maybe I feel like I deserve these reasonable adjustments, which, yeah. you know, is a whole thing in itself. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I think that's a lovely sort of warm up into talking about what, you know, getting into your top five uh, things about neurodivergence and and, and uh, well, is it top great things, things that you really you, you stand out interest yeah. in or is it? Yeah, well, when I initially started writing it, I was <laughs> it was mostly like, oh, I've got no social filter and then all these things. And it was it was um, it's mostly positive, I'd like okay. to think. Yeah, cool. Cool. What's your, what's your number five? What you got for us? So a big thing that has shaped my music career in general is um, my autism with how I see and hear music, because my music is mostly written uh, because of my sensory issues and my sensory needs. So I'm really drawn to creating music, which is quite basic because of the way it feels in my ears, the way it feels in my chest. Uh, but on top of that, I also have synesthesia. So oh, I, right, associate, wow. yeah. I, I associate music with like colours, sounds, temperatures. So every song that I've ever written is as unique as an individual person. Um, mm -hmm. And I didn't realise I had that or that was even a thing yeah. until I spoke to someone. I was like, oh, isn't it weird how like this song is like 6pm? And they were like, yeah. no. No, I, I couldn't even pretend to understand. Um, but it's it's been a really good thing in my music career because I don't ever really get a creative block because I can find sensory input from anything which can help inspire a new song. And it's um, it's been incredible for things like me learning musical instruments because it's been a hindrance as well because I can't actually read music. Uh, it took up until this year to actually learn the the, the guitar strings, uh, but because I taught myself guitar, but from mm. feel and from sound. Yeah. Um, so I've got a really good memory for pitch. Could not tell you what notes I'm playing, um, yeah. but it's been a really good thing. I, I wouldn't be able to do the music that I do now if I wasn't autistic, if I didn't have that, that kind of thing. That's amazing. Sorry, go on, Shu. No, I always something? find it really interesting when uh, the, the, the kind of the split between... Um, musicians that are self-taught and musicians that had music lessons and I, I you know I, I, a, a, a pathetic uh, example is is, is I, I taught myself how to play piano badly uh, and then I decided I wanted to learn properly so I this was 10 years ago I got a piano teacher to come around and the piano teacher just literally said, no, you're doing it all wrong. Your fingers are all over. You're playing it completely wrong. That's not even... And I just thought, fuck off. Like, <laughs> I, like I'm, I'm quite happy playing this. And it was like, no, and then you have to play. And it's like, and that's when I think you get that sort of split where you've got creatives that will just constantly make music and, 
uh, and, and have kind of just an uh, an open sort of view on it. I'm trying to frame this right. Whereas you've got people that probably have music lessons from a very, very young age that have their restrictions that will probably go on to be exceptional session musicians where they're Absolutely. playing playing to what's given to them. Here's, here's this piece of music. You need to play this note for note and they can do that incredibly. But I think yeah. sometimes you get these amazing musicians that can play these fucking incredible solos and read music, but then you go, oh, there's three chords. Right, it's a great song. Oh, yeah. I, can't, I can't do that. And I, and I think people that are self-taught and play to ear, like, I think they're always the more interesting artists. I enjoy it because like it's I've, I've been a self-taught musician my whole life like obviously my you know my dad's a musician uh, and he's given me in, like you know incredible input on how to use my voice as a musician but I write songs where when I plan out the harmonies I don't realize that they're dissonant or that they um, technically wouldn't fit within the track itself but when you merge it all together it sounds haunting and it sounds memorable and if I didn't have that ability to reach out for something you know because if, if I read it and like a, a music sheet I'd be like oh that won't fit but because mm. I don't know I wing it and it fits because it feels right you know like some of yeah. the best but some of the best songs and the best artists were created out of mistakes yeah absolutely um, or- absolutely sorry Jay. um well it's creativity can come from errors and, and also having different perspectives and and the fact that you you don't have uh, sort of like you said these sensory blocks is because you you have you 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 see and you're, you're reading it in in a different manner. So then, therefore, you you can get influence. Your synesthesia can give you influence and creative ideas where other people can't even can't even see it. And and it doesn't mean to say that every idea that you have is always going you're going to put it on a track. It's going to be like oh wow that was that's wonderful. Oh, I'm yeah, sure, you do it and blocks. go that sounds like <laughs> that sounds like a mess. And but yeah. you, tr- you experimented and then. Like sometimes, like you say, Shu, the, the tr- tr- tradition, if you learn traditionally, yes, it means that you can break down a note and note structure perfectly, but it might actually box your thinking in. Because when it comes to going, you know, here's a blank page, now you do it for yourself, people would be like, uh, I'm going to struggle with that. So that's yeah. really, yeah, interesting. Especially with, um, uh, sorry, just the kind of uh, internalization of music as well, because everyone interprets a song a specific way. Usually when you're neurodivergent, the the take I get from a song is something that a neurotypical person would be like, that has no relation to what I was thinking at all. Yeah. So I'll write a song being it's about this specific thing. I'll play it to someone who's neurotypical and they'll get a completely different idea of what it's yeah. about. And yeah. I feel like it's quite, quite amazing, really. Yeah, yeah. Glorious. Right, okay, shall we go for your number four, Joe? Yeah, um, <laughs> so... One of the good and bad things about me is that I am so brutally honest that uh, <laughs> I can't even lie to myself. Um, and like, I have a very expressive face. I think I think where I, I grew up not having friends, I learned my facial expressions from cartoon characters and my face can be so loud sometimes. It just like, it can give you tinnitus. It doesn't, I can't hide an emotion when I've got it. Um, and it's a really good thing because it's, taught me to be honest even when it's incredibly difficult to be honest because Mm. for me trying to lie is more distressing than actually just owning up to the truth of a situation Mm. Uh, and it also means I can I can spot a bullshitter a mile away 
it, it, I'm, I'm not afraid to go up to someone and call them out on something that I feel like is like morally unjust or if I feel like a situation should be a certain way because of the right and wrong of it. Um, I don't really get hung up in um, complex emotions, which it doesn't mean I don't experience them, but in a situation where there's right and wrong, I can outwardly like see what the right and wrong option is. I don't get kind of caught up in the in the well, what ifs in a situation. Yeah, it gets, that can be really useful, I think, because life, I think sometimes life is a lot simpler. Like my dad used to teach me, say it how it is. Just say it how it is. He's always used to say that to me. If I fuck something up or whatever, he'd just be like, just say it how it is and, and, and be honest with yourself. And because life gets a lot more complicated when, when you don't do those things. I mean, it is mean, doesn't mean to say sometimes tact is a wonderful thing. Like, you know, yeah. if someone's coming out and like they're on a night out, I, I did it with a, a good buddy of mine, Mark, who I'll be seeing later. And I remember we, we just met up, we were on the train or something. We got to Fenchurch Street and that's where I met him. And he was like, do you like these trousers? And I kind of <laughs> said no. <laughs> and, and, um, and it wrecked Mark because there's nothing mm. Mark could do about it. And Mark was su is super self-conscious. Yeah. So Mark couldn't enjoy his day, his evening out. He was so upset. And it was kind of like maybe telling him just before we went somewhere where he was going to have a nice time. <laughs> and it was, he had no control over it. So maybe I could have told him the next day, you know what? <laughs> I'm not as keen on those trousers as you think. Sounds like a stupid thing, but sometimes there's a there is tact can be useful. But I think a lot of times people confuse using tact with they're just being they're just pussying out saying what needs to sometimes be said. Oh, absolutely. Like I, I wish like I have gotten a bit more tactful as I've gotten older, but it's more because I've I've um, actively searched out how to be more tactful and be more empathetic towards a person because I used to very much be like, no matter the situation, I will I will deal with it. And it's just not appropriate sometimes because actually, even if I don't care about complex human emotions, it doesn't mean people don't experience them. Yeah. Um, and you know like I get what you mean because like so many times someone will ask me opinion on something and in my head I'm like they can't change it right now and I want to tell them they look ugly <laughs> but I can't tell them that because that's going to hurt their feelings so I would just ask a question which isn't associated like oh are they new you know? <laughs> yeah there you go yeah yeah and that's how you get out of that way around one. it yeah, yeah. One, one of the things that, that I, I drew from that last segment there was I really want to know what the fuck you was wearing, Chris, because the <laughs> fact that he felt fucking bad about his trousers, I can only imagine the abomination that you would have been sporting. Yeah, I mean, I can't really um, defend that. Yeah. I, I look back through my all my fashion over the years and all of it is just fucking, it's just horrendous. <laughs> but, you know, Stu, when, when I'm in those moments of uh, self-reflection and and, <laughs> I then, and then I'll get a phone call from you and you're, it's you in your wedding. When, when your face shows up, it's you in your wedding outfit. And then I'm reassured that, that I've never made such a poor fashion choice as you on your <laughs> wedding day. <laughs> Oh, well, Jay, it weren't even just the suit. The, the hair was a different level. <laughs> it was so bad. Oh, dear, oh, dear. <laughs> oh, God. So many people I wish might have just kind of pulled me aside before I got to the sort of the, the venue and was just like, dude, seriously. Not the venue. Like, that's when you need someone like Jay a couple of days before and you're going, I'm thinking I'm going to go for this suit. And Jay just saying, listen, 
Is that new? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. But on the day of the wedding, just before you're going up to all, all how do I look? You yeah. look fucking oh, awful. <laughs> that's that's right. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's amazing is, Jay, any of your friends that are listening to this podcast now are going to think... <laughs> Every time I've heard the words, <laughs> is that new? Just caning me. <laughs> See, that was just me being tactful. See, again, I can't lie for that long. So I'll be like, oh, is that new? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm uh... exactly the same. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, again, my face will give people tinnitus. I'm just like, oh, yeah, sick. I'm just not going to look at you for about two <laughs> seconds. So, you know, you don't get completely deafened. <laughs> Number three, please, Jay. Uh, so it kind of goes on um, on the the being a human thing, um, the ability to be able to draw a line under things. Because um, I grew up kind of, um, again, sounds sad, but it's it's not really looking back on it. Like I didn't know how to make friends or how to have friends. Um, so when I did get friends, I was very self assured in myself that if I didn't have those friendships, I would still be okay. Um, and so when I would come up with like in disputes with people or we would have arguments, um, I know when to draw a line with people. And, and like, it doesn't mean that like, I would just like discard them or like if I didn't like what they were saying, I am really good at giving people as many opportunities as they need to grow as a person, to redeem themselves, to, to better themselves, you know, for the sake of themselves, not just like our friendship. Mm -hmm. But if I've realized that I've exhausted every opportunity for it to be healthy and functional, yeah. I have no problem just drawing a line under it and being like, well, this isn't serving either of us. Yeah. I'm done with it. Uh, and people think I'm really cold because of it, because I don't cling on to um, that emotion. And for me, emotion and logic are, are very separate so once logically to me and um a my mind has been made up that emotion I find it very easy to detach it yeah 
and it can be really good and bad because it's good mm. because it means that I can protect myself and I can protect other people mm. uh, but also it, it can be bad because sometimes when my mind's made up it takes me a long time to unmake up my mind if the situation does change because humans are messy we're all messy we all yeah. have our faults we all have our flaws you know and it's being able to determine whether those flaws are, are worth keeping around absolutely I, that's so well put Jay. and uh, I struck I, I haven't had that capacity with Stu, for example. <laughs> uh, no, but like, no, no, I, I've, it took me years with certain people to actually sort of, I, I'm talking like 20 years and then be like, this is, this is toxic. And, and I've done everything. I, I did everything I could have done three years before deciding that this is um, not, as you say, not, not serving anyone and really trying as well. It's not about, you know, draw, my perspective and, and correct me if you're wrong, if I'm wrong, I think you kind of kind of captured this, but it's not about just someone doing one thing and you writing them mm. off unless it's like, I mean, obviously I've got hardline unforgivable acts yeah, like yeah. human beings, which you just can't really come back from. Um, but like, you know, you really try and you help people grow because you, you, hell, I need to grow and get, become a better human being. But after a while, there's certain like person that, I, I, I've, I've been good friends with very dangerous narcissists mm. and um, uh, sorry, Shu, if you could just close your ears for yeah, a second. Sure, yeah, sure. This, we're talking about <laughs> you. Um, <laughs> and in the end, it was just destroyed. It was like, it was terrible. It, was, it wasn't good for me. It was really terrible yeah. for me. And then in, in the end, it was like, I, I had to ask myself, this isn't a relationship or a person I, I want to save anymore as well. Like, mm. I can't, I don't have it. And it's making me miserable and I've got a life to live and I had parents to look after as well. I was in that sort of situation. I just didn't have the energy to keep yeah. pouring it into someone. And so if you've got that skill where you kind of are able to do that, and as you say, separate sometimes the emotion from the logic, and, and in many ways, um, maybe your neurodivergent helps you suss out the logic sooner mm. than other people. And uh, because because uh, often logic will direct an emotion eventually like logic even for yeah. you know for regular people a lot of the time you know that feeling you get in your stomach that tells yeah, your, you your, you get, gut your, gut, your gut feeling your gut feeling is often driven by a subconscious decision your logic has made mm. you just might not know that that's the decision your subconscious helpfully made for you yeah but you get the gut feeling of it and so Fully, you know yeah. So, so sometimes you need to get the logic straight in your head and then the emotion starts going, yeah, no, that does yeah. feel right to separate this relationship. But uh, uh, for you, it seems that you can do that quicker than. than yeah. Others. And it's absolutely like it's shaped by experience as well, because I, I had to experience the, the shit side of it to actually get round to the, um, the understanding how to cope with it. Because I still have it now where like, as much as I like uh, to sort a situation out, I, I really struggle with confrontation because it makes everyone uncomfortable, you know, because the person being called out, whether that's me or them, and the person doing it, me or them, it's hard because, again, like, um, I, there's this whole misconception that people with autism, they have no empathy, they do not care about someone's emotions. It's completely the opposite. I'm so hyper-empathetic that I don't want to upset that person so much that, I then used to like just avoid talking to them at all because I didn't want to make them uncomfortable. And I think it's through being in some really toxic situations mm. and really, you know, dangerous situations. Like, you know, I was, I was vulnerable and 
it took me experiencing them to be like, this is how I need to draw a line so that this never happens again. Mm. And, you know, it's it's worked. It's um, it means that now I have my friendship group is so much smaller. Um, but the friends I have friends that um, my ride or dies, yeah. I wouldn't I would trust them with my life. Whereas before I had a lot of people that I'd probably go for breakfast with. And that was the extent of it, you know. Mm-hmm. In agreement. Sure, you're, you've got a small friendship group. That's never out of your choice, is it, mate? No, it's completely <laughs> oh, out of Jay, you know what? Stu did like the most incredible thing last week, and I said to hmm. him I was going to give him a week off of insults and all I've done today is <laughs> lasted two days. <laughs> you don't want to get him out of his routine. That's you know, it, you've exactly. got to keep him ready. <laughs> Should we go for a number two? Yeah, <laughs> that was phrased weirdly. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, are we keeping the cameras on for that? Or what's your number two, Jack? Um, it's um, the fact that because I have extremely rigid routines, that I've actually managed to uh, be so organised with my life. Um, right. I, I obviously I don't know how much you guys um, know about autism or people like on the spectrum. Um, I'm hyper focused on my goals and they're usually shaped around routines. So I have habitual routines that things that I have to do every day to make me feel okay. Uh, But then when I also set a routine or a schedule for the day, then I, I have to do it because I mean, uh, autism is really like comorbid with a a lot of other things. So like Mm -hmm. I was also diagnosed with OCD um, and that's also revolved around, um, uh, repetitive behavior and you know having to do things driven by compulsion um and it's a really unhealthy healthy way that I manage to structure my yeah. life because I'm still getting to grips around how to be a bit more fluid with my routine because um not everything goes to plan you so know, can, I, you, can I, you give us an example of that routine so um <laughs> one of our first routines is that um, every day I will write a list on my phone of a minimum of eight things that I want to achieve um, and I'll have the order in which I want to do them yeah. but when I wake up um, like if I, if it's a work day so I have like a day job in a coffee shop I'll wake up I'll feed the cat I'll then go to the bathroom I'll jump in the shower when I get out of the shower um, whilst I'm drying off I wash my face and then um, I'll put on my hormones and then um, I'll do all my skincare routine I will then brush my teeth I'll then go make breakfast. I'll then sit in the living room. I'll watch like my usual go to breakfast thing um, and then get in the car, go to work. And then when I come home, it will be me completing that list one by one. Mm. Um, And for a lot of people, that sounds overwhelming or it sounds dull or it sounds um, like it's a lot of things to kind of keep on top of. If I didn't have goals to achieve in my day or a routine to follow, then I would become extremely anxious and overwhelmed because I feel like I'm drifting like I don't have anything to focus on Um, and it's been really good for when I have been feeling incredibly um, disheartened by my music career because I feel like it's maybe not going in the direction I want it to but because I'm hyper focused on my goal Mm. I would actually find it harder to not do the thing even though it's disheartening me um because I'm, I'm focused on it and then like I have my routine with promotion with when I'm going to be doing things um and it's it's good it's uh, it keeps me on time I've never been late in my entire life 
I always turn up 45 minutes early minimum. So, <laughs> I, so yeah. There's, there's so many things of that. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, 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 I mean, I'm 41 and a lot of the behaviours you, you, you talk about, um, I'd say a mirror in t- to a much obviously not a, a larger degree as you but maybe maybe i should do this i get extremely anxious i i i, I need to write bullet uh, lists i do it all the time if i don't achieve it i get extremely anxious but the mm. problem is i don't i, I don't I, I don't do it i don't keep my routine mm. and that's and, and it, it makes me depressed and anxious a lot um yeah but they say as well like um I mean, what, what what's good what's good about that sort of routine and how you do your morning is um, a very hyper successful people do this as well, Jay. So like all those mini things that you achieve in the morning as well, they build your willpower and your momentum for the rest of the day, mm. and people don't really realise that. So that, that every time you sort of like put something off or do something different or whatever, it's a little vote towards you not doing or becoming the person that you want to be. Yeah. So every, every all those little things they get your momentum going because you're you're very well routine as well, Stu, aren't you? Really, I'd say that you know you 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 have a pretty good routine in the mornings and and stuff like that. Yeah, and you're successful, aren't you? I, I'd say that's a. Well, yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to go. Yes, I'm successful. Like, but uh, I, I guess I, I pay the bills doing something I like, and and I guess that that comes from. Yeah, having to well, when you work for yourself, you have to be, you know, very structured. And and my background, like yours, Jay, and like your dad's, was you know, I, I met your dad through, you know, we was doing bands at the same time in our formative years. And mm. and your dad was the same as as me. Your dad was the driving force in that band, the organised one, the one that had the ideas, the one that arranged stuff, and the one that made things happen. And that was my role in in my band. And I think. Mm you know that bands need that businesses need that one person Mm. that can right just go right well look up and sometimes that might mean that they want it a little bit more than the others and and yeah yeah and I think but yeah but that with that you have to be structured and and organized um to a degree but uh but yeah I, I think in regards to wanting to achieve things that I wanted I've wanted to do like so many people has meant a little bit of sacrifice and 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 being organized uh yeah absolutely definitely planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Definitely. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a really funny thing because I I never used to view it as a strength because when you grow up undiagnosed, especially a lot of people will label you as difficult because you, um, so like when I was younger, my mum would say we would do this specific thing in the day at this specific time, and I'd always have to know. So I'd be like, "What are we doing today? What time are we doing it?" Um, and then if it didn't go to plan, I would then have a meltdown. Um, and mm. I, I, it's labeled as difficult. And as I've gotten older, I've kind of learned how to communicate a bit better. Um, so like with my partner, with my friends, you know, like, you know, if we're not going to do this thing, please tell me in advance so I can prepare. But um, it's really funny as well, because uh, for my, so I, I came out as a transgender over a year ago and this birthday that that's just gone, it was um, my first proper birthday out on hormones and, you know, transitioning. And all of my work friends and my partner planned me a surprise party. And you would have thought that I was so happy when, it, when I got this surprise. And there is a video of me with complete horror on my face where everyone surprises me and is putting like this big sash on me and a crown. And they're just like, happy birthday, Jay. And I'm just like, the most horrified cartoon face ever. I was really ungrateful. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like, and I had to keep saying to people, I'm so sorry, I'm genuinely, I am so happy. I am just incredibly overwhelmed. What? What? <laughs> what is going on? And I was like, well, you should have told me. And they went, that's not the point of a surprise party. The point of the surprise party is that it's a surprise. Um, so we couldn't have told you. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, it, it causes a lot of interested interactions, I'd say. <laughs> do, you, do, do you, now you know everything that you know, are you, have you got a, a, a coping mechanism for change? So when, when it's sprung mm -hmm. upon you, have you found any better ways of, of dealing with it now that you've, you've been diagnosed? And... Yeah, because I'd say that I still experience the exact same emotions, but it's the way that I channel them so yeah. that it's not only just not destructive for me, but it's, it's not destructive for everyone around me because me and my dad are much the same. Cause like, I mean, I don't know if you know about my dad, but he's also on the spectrum. Um, and he, we both really struggle with change because it makes us anxious, which then makes us angry. Um, and it's, mm. it's detrimental for everyone uh, around us, especially around me because I'll, I can lose my temper very easily. Um, so if someone tells me that change is happening, the first thing I need to do is kind of walk away and, and breathe. Sure. Yeah. And like, it, it's kind of just an, an inner script I have with myself being like, it's okay that this has changed because it was probably going to change anyway before yeah. you knew. Um, yeah. And then just communicating with that person. Like if this is the first time they've sprung something on me, I'd be like, Hey, I really struggle with change. Could you please, um, approach it a bit more gently next time instead of expecting me to kind of just know. Mm. um because it goes back to that whole you know even if it's a good thing yeah if someone just springs like you know oh we're going here today this is amazing I'll be like we plan to do something completely different even if it's not as good but we plan to do it <laughs> like when I was a kid my um I always said to my mum I wanted to go for brunch and I don't know why I was obsessed with brunch I think it was the Simpsons and <laughs> she was like right for your birthday we're going to take you for brunch um, and she woke me up and, you know, we were driving for ages. And then she went, oh, 
actually, we're going to Lapland. And I cried for about an hour <laughs> and they thought they weren't going to get me on the plane because I, all I wanted was brunch. <laughs> gotcha. You know, I got, to, I got to Lapland, had the best time in the world, but really hung up on that brunch. That was 16 years ago and I'm still thinking about it, you know. So, <laughs> I think they were bang out of order, to be honest. If you yeah, to disrespectful, actually. So <laughs> right, we've hit the top spot. We are the top spot. So... Biggest thing about being neurodivergent, which a lot of people don't realize, or I didn't even realize until I did some research, is that a lot of people in the LGBTQ are either autistic or have ADHD. Um, And it was actually um, around 20% of gender identity clinic assessed individuals reported characteristics of autism. Um, And I think... um, it was, there was a study that was done and it was um, participants with autism were 7.59 times more likely to identify with gender variants. Mm -hmm. And it was something that my parents were actually very aware of when I was younger and I initially came out. Um, So when I was like 12, I initially came out and said, you know, I want to be a boy. Um, And to my parents' credit, they were like, well, it's probably just an autism thing it's it's like you know not really correlating that both can live together Mm. um and it's been a very open discussion my entire life where we have acknowledged that I probably have gender thoughts because of my autism because I perceive the world differently and I don't feel um restricted by societal norms of what Mm -hmm. a man and a woman should be therefore Mm -hmm. I look outside of my gender pool um and because of being neurodivergent it's given me the opportunity to see the world through that separate lens um and it's given me a chance to raise awareness for lgbtq issues and to uh, be an advocate for people who are on the autistic spectrum who are neurodivergent who are in the lgbtq um because if i wasn't autistic i don't think that i would be in that community because my brother isn't autistic he doesn't have adhd and he is a cisgender heterosexual man it probably would have been the same for me if i didn't identify with that um so i think it's it's pretty cool because until i actually um learned more about my autism until i started unmasking that's when i came out as transgender and i realized that when i wasn't pretending to be someone else i could be myself yeah and it's led me to the point I am now where, you know, I'm releasing music. I've created a following online. I'm, I'm helping people. I feel like, I feel like I'm being a voice for people who need it most. Well, but before we start to, to, to wrap things up, let's, let's talk about the music, Jay. So, so mm-hmm. what's going on with it? Where are you at? Uh, I am currently six days away from releasing my first um, single as um, out as a trans man. It's called Invincible. Um, and it's been really cool to promote it, actually, because I've got this little cult following online of 14-year-olds who are calling it the trans anthem. Um, and it's really cute because I keep getting messages about it. But that's going to be on all streaming platforms. Um, I am an electropop artist for anyone that's interested. Um, and I've got some songs already out on Spotify. I'm on Deezer, Apple Music, TikTok, YouTube, all of that. Um, and I've got some pretty cool gigs coming up this year. So that's going to be cool. And if people want to search it on Spotify, JPage? Yeah, it's just JPage. If they want to find me on social media as well, it's JPage Official on all platforms. Whereabouts are you gigging, Jay? You got any places already, like what you said you are? Can you tell us, confirm the, the venues, anything like that, just in case yeah, we're in the, um, the neighbourhood? 
Um, unfortunately, at the moment, I cannot confirm any venues uh, because sure. we're we're still trying to um, nav- nav- navigate yeah. COVID restrictions, actually, yeah. because um, a lot of venues are still requiring COVID passes. Yeah. But I know uh, we're looking at gigs in Leeds, Bristol, Birmingham, um, London um, and Manchester. So that's going to be kind of the rest of this year. And then hopefully next year it will kind of be some solo gigs and I won't be a support act. So that's going to be awesome. Incredible, incredible. And, and props to, I think you said that you, you had often had an open discourse with your parents, like from a young mm. age about, you know, did that help? Knowing that you could go yeah. to your parents and talk about it and, you know, you might not know, the, no one might not know the answers, but you could talk freely. And Yeah, I, I mean, with anything that I've had with my parents, um, it's always been incredibly open. I, I don't really think there's there's many things that I could not talk to my parents about, but I think that was mostly because because I had no filter. I could just go to I used to go yeah, to them gotcha. with everything and anything. Mm. Um, with my gender identity, it absolutely took them a long time to wrap their heads around when I actually came out. Um, you know, um, but I think when you agree on mutual respect it just makes things a lot easier and like I always I I don't agree with um the narrative of you know I have to be hyper defensive over my identity but I can absolutely put boundaries in place so I said to my parents you can ask me any questions that you want however um don't try and convince me to not be trans because that's what unfortunately a lot of people accidentally do Mm -hmm. and they don't realize that they're doing it yeah um it's not even done it's not even done intentionally is it it's just uh yeah yeah it's it's accidentally implanted Mm. doubt it's like well you know a big question a big thing that I had from a lot of people was are you sure it's just not body image issues are you sure you're not just um your sexuality is different it's I, I I've had these thoughts since I was I was like 12 I think I know. <laughs> so, absolutely. Well, um, Jay, what we we'll do is we'll, um, we'll when we put this out on social media, we we'll tag you uh, in all the posts, so people that are yet to to hear your music can go and find it. Um, where's the best place to keep up to speed with you? Instagram. I say Instagram um, for any of your listeners that are on TikTok. I do a lot on TikTok um, because that's where most of the cult following is. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty up to date on my Instagram as well. I also have a Patreon. Um, it's just JPage as well. So if anyone wants to help me pay rent, then, then hit me up. <laughs> Wonderful. Jay, it's been absolutely delightful. Yeah, great chat. And, Thank you. It's uh, been really nice talking to you. And re- really insightful. And, and yeah, and yeah, these kind of conversations are important to have. So, so thank you for being so open and honest. No problem. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, Thanks Jay. Jay. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Our Core Listing, the podcast.